I'm former Congressman Gary Franks. And I'm his son, Gary. I'm millennial. We're discussing everything from politics to sports and pop culture. From very different perspectives. We speak frankly. Welcome back. How are you, Gary Jr.? I'm doing good. How are you doing? Good. Well, today we're going to do a political podcast. We haven't done one in a little while. We try to get at least one in every month. And so, um, well, we're kicking off a new year. We're going to uh, maybe talk a little bit about 2021, but mostly about what's been happening over the last few days since since uh, the new year has begun. Uh, so, Gary Jr., what? What do you want to talk about? What, what, what are some questions you may have about politics? So this time of last year, on January 6th of 2021, uh, the break-in happened at the Capitol. And what are your thoughts on it? Well, Gary, uh, before I give you my, my thoughts on the, on the actual breach of the Capitol of uh, protesters, I, I would like to just make a comment about President Biden's uh, commemoration of the one-year anniversary of, of that event. Because I, I was very disappointed in the president. I, 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 in fact, I was like, "What in the world is going on here?" He uh, went back to his angry mode and and his campaign mode, like he was running against Donald Trump again. Like the election was going to be in about a week. Uh, I don't know why he went back to that. It felt like you know that movie Groundhog Day. I mean, we all know what happened a year ago. And the bottom line of it is, I can see why. Hillary Clinton was was upset after the election in 2016. I can really understand that. She lost the election. She thought she was going to win. So Democrats were upset. I understand. But Joe Biden, you won. Why are you mad? Why are you still mad? It makes no sense whatsoever. You know, Democrats are mad when they, when they lose. They're mad when they win. Maybe they're just mad. I don't understand it. But Republicans aren't like that. We're happy people. We don't, we don't feel as though we've been done wrong all the time, even when we win. Now, Democrats, historically speaking, Gary, this is an interesting stat. In the entire 21st century, Democrats have protested every single Republican victory for the White House. Every single one. Every single one. They've had protests at the Capitol, in the chamber, where members of Congress have stood up and said, I don't think the Republican won. I don't think the Republican won. Every time Republicans won in the 21st century, they've done that. One of our liberal media has ignored. They don't want to tell you about that. They want to tell you about 700 people who were arrested and maybe 70 convicted and, and making it I think more than what it was, quite frankly, even though no one condones what happened there, Gary. And the bottom line of it is, it, shouldn't, it has never happened before. It should, should never have happened this time. And the bottom line of it is, it won't happen again. It shouldn't have happened this time, Gary, because let me tell you, Speaker Gingrich came out this in the last few days and said, the person responsible for the building, the protection of the building, would be the Speaker of the House. Why does he know that? Because he was Speaker, that's why he knows that. Every Speaker knows that. It was just, it's their primary job to protect the building, okay? I was a member of Congress. If I wanted to have my walls painted, I had to go to the Speaker. If I wanted to have my light bulbs changed, I'm being facetious, I had to go to the Speaker. The Speaker controlled the buildings there. And maybe on the Senate side, it's Mitch McConnell. 
that's the way it works. So now we have this breach, and what is the speaker to get? No one ever talks about who's responsible. No one ever talks about. It. No one talks. About it. They fired the, the sergeant of arms and the house of senate. No one talks about the, what the speaker's role would be. No one talks about how thousands of people could walk down the streets of Washington D.C. without a permit, and it's a okay. No, the interior department has to bless that, and or the mayor has to bless that. I've been an elected official for a long time. If you have a group of people. You have to have a walking. It's, it's a march, and you have to have a permit, or the police can stop you. They walked miles. No one stopped all of these people. So there's a lot of questions to be had about this, this situation, Gary. But bottom line of it is we have so many more pressing issues confronting us in America, crime, the border, COVID, Afghanistan, the Russians, China. There's so much more to be talking about social security solvency, the Medicare solvency. But the, the, the obvious questions would be who's responsible for the building and how do they screw up? Cause they were the ones who screwed up. The buck has to stop somewhere and that's where the focus should be. Person's not even gonna be interviewed by their so-called special committee. And why do we have a special committee when we have a justice department? I don't, I don't understand that. The justice department does that kind of investigation, not the legislative branch per se. Yes, there's an investigative arm of the, of the legislative branch, but they're not even doing their legislative job. Why don't you do that first? Known as taking care of regular order. Why don't you do that first? Like making social security a sovereign. Why don't you do that first? By reducing our uh, the debt, the national debt, instead of doing what you love to do, which is play your fiddle. Donald Trump is like a fiddle to them, Gary. They love to talk about him. They love to talk about him. It's like they get great joy just mentioning Donald Trump's name. I'm, I listened to one of the talk shows this morning, and I tell you, you can see the elation on their face whenever they're able to bring up his name. You know, it's, it's downright comical because everyone just turns them off because they're so they're so biased. But the but the bottom line of it is. I was disappointed in the president's remarks because I don't think we should be going back and, and just doing saying the same old thing over and over and over and over. You know, it's like Gary, yeah, Houston Astros, they cheated and won the world won 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 the World Series. You know, no one's saying the Democrats cheated. I'm not saying that. All I'm saying is that once you have a victor, once you have a victor being declared, it's over. Move forward and let's do our respective jobs and help our nation. Don't dwell on the fact that the Houston Astros won, should not have won in this. You know, who cares? <laughs> Bottom line, <laughs> you were in the White House, Mr. Biden. Do your job, and we're all praying for you. That's all that counts. Not what you're bringing up Donald Trump is uh, that's a tactic to try to get the, the, the gain the support of, of, your, of the faithful. And the bottom line of it is the polling numbers for the president and vice president, they're out, they're out there in the toilet, and the speaker as well. They're all in the toilet. You know, they're, they're the speakers at, the, you know, barely at 40% and Biden, barely 40%. So I, I, th I think they missed the mark there, Gary. We should be looking at ways in which we can heal the country, not try to make, once again, political hay on dividing the country. Um, where were the black people on 1-6, January 6th? Not one, I don't think there was a, no. I guess all black people had a call or something because no, not one black person was protesting anti-protesting, no, none, zero, period, none. I, I find that interesting. But that's because, as reported in Time Magazine, they were all told to stay home. Yes, in Time Magazine, 
I can I can give you the, the date of the article. It's written by a lady by the name of I think her last name is Molly, I believe, and she talks about how they were all told to basically stand down. You know, to, to you know let the Republicans do what they were going to do. So you know. When you put all the pieces together, I think it's an interesting story. Not the story that the liberal media would like to talk about, but it's a story that will one day be played out, I'm sure. But the bottom line of it is, I don't really care. I think that we should be worried about going forward and not worrying about, it's like, in a sense, Gary, it's like we're talking about the, the food on the Titanic, you know. Who cares? Yeah, let's, 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 let's avoid the icebergs out there. To protect our country and and that's let's move forward and, and advance the rights of, of all people in our country and and and, and be more prog- and not and, and dwell on things that are you know, really and they're in the past so dad the build back better uh, plan has been stalled what do you think will happen well gary I, the democrats um should be very thankful and America should be very thankful that Democrats and Republicans came together to pass the bipartisan infrastructure bill, which is I think a 1.7, well, $1.2 trillion bill that was passed recently. And it should do wonders for our country, not just for uh, jobs, but for what it's supposed to be doing, that being our infrastructure. We need it, need it desperately, and it will make us a stronger nation. The Build Back Butter was a Totally different proposition, Gary. It was filled with a lot of social spending programs and also uh, climate change initiatives, um, programs that, in my estimation, uh, we, we, well, I think not mine, the Congressional Budget Office came out and said we can't pay for it without increasing our debt. They tried, they being the Democrat leadership, they tried to play around with it and say, oh, this program's only for two years, this program's only for one year, this program's only for four years. No, the bottom line of it is when you're doing budgeting, it has to be, it should be calculated in a 10-year type of proposition and it should be funded. All 10 years should be should be funded. And they weren't able to do that. And once uh, Senator Manchin was able to uh, get that report from the CBO, the Congressional Budget Office, which is a bipartisan organization, um, he could not support it because um, one aspect of it alone, ch- the, the child care aspect, if you fund it for 10 years, it's $1.7 trillion. And so <laughs> right there, that's one thing. And they got a, a number of items in, the, in, their, in their bill. And so um, will something g- get passed? I, I don't know. Uh, time will tell. But I, I hope that they will learn from the past. And the past would say that when Congress has done things of significance and big things that would be tied to our social programs or to domestic issues. We have had it done in a bipartisan manner. And that is very important. The only exception would be the Affordable Care Act. We did not do that in a bipartisan manner. And it ended up being, well, in the Supreme Court several, at least once, Voted on several times after that to 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 uh, change it. Um, it. It's not a good thing. So when you look at major le- legislation like the Social Security Act that Roosevelt passed, or Medicare, Medicaid that Johnson passed, or the Civil Rights Bill of 1965, the Voting Rights Bill, the Housing Bill, all of them passed with Republican votes and Democrat votes. Both parties came together to find solutions. Whenever you, and that's the way it should be done. That's the way our founders wanted it to be done. 
not in a partisan way where one party says, we're doing this and you're bad. No, it can't be done like that. That is a, that is a recipe for division, for polarization. And that's exactly what happened after after the, we, we had the Affordable Care Act passed in a partisan type manner. It caused division in our country. And so I believe Manchin's not only looking to make sure that whatever is passed, if anything is passed, can be paid for. And secondly, that it's done with Republicans coming to the table as well. That's what happened with the, with the infrastructure bill. A number of Republicans on the Senate side came across the, the aisle and said, we're gonna pull the wagon on this as well. We're going to help pass this as well. And it passed. Now, to the chagrin of the Democrat progressives, they, were, they weren't happy with their victory. Did I say that before? Yeah, I think I, if I didn't say it before, I'll say it now. That Democrats have a hard time accepting a victory. You know, Hillary, you can see why she was upset once again when she did not win her election. But why is Joe Biden still screaming at us and acting so mad when he won his election? So you're mad when you win, you're mad when you lose. And as I said before, every election, every election that uh, has happened in, the tw in, in this century has been protested by Democrat members of, of Congress. Um, Republicans have done that once, and that was in 2020. Now, whether or not anything will pass on Build Back Better, Gary, the odds are something will pass. I mean, they have all year to, to do it. And so uh, the odds are that it will be, but hopefully it will be done in a bipartisan manner. Hopefully it will be done in which it's paid for and not add to our $29 trillion debt that we are. So the COVID Omicron variant continues to rise. Our Chicago school unions have refused to go back to school. What do you think about that? Well, Gary, I'm very disappointed in the uh, Chicago Teachers Union, uh, but I'm not the only one. And yeah, I'm a Republican. I'm maybe I'm supposed to be. No, the mayor of Chicago is very upset. She is a Democrat. The governor of of, of Illinois is very upset. The president is not thrilled with it as, as well, President Biden, because the science would say that they should be back in school. Billions of dollars have been spent to upgrade the schools in Chicago and nationwide to help with this COVID situation so that we can try to, to, to make the schools uh, safer for the teachers, the administrators, and the students. Billions of dollars have been spent. So we're not, it's not like we're looking at the beginning of 2021, we're looking at a situation where a lot has changed over, over that period of time. And yet for the teachers union, no, they're saying no. Now, to me, that's too much power. It's, and I, I have problems with, with many of the, um, of the unions, quite frankly, Gary, it's not because unions typically don't support Republicans, they don't, but <laughs> that's not really at the, at the crux of my problem. The real problem that I have is that they can tell elected officials, they can tell the will of the people, the majority of the people, go pound the good earth because we're not going to do what you tell us to do or what you want us to do. We're going to do what we want to do. 
and that's wrong. And I, I remember Gary, like it was yesterday when I, when Ronald Reagan was president, and he had to deal with a very powerful union. And you know, my, you know my background. I worked for ten years in labor relations, Gary. I worked uh, on the management side, and the union was always across the table for me on negotiations or on on handling arbitrations or mediation type cases. So I'm very familiar with the labor labor management uh, type of environment. And Ronald Reagan said to the to the air traffic controllers, "Okay, you want to go on strike? Okay, okay." Well, if you're not back at work on January the, the 10th, consider yourself fired. And everyone said, well, you <laughs> can't do that. You can't do that. And guess what he did? He fired them. They, were all, they all fired themselves when they did not show up for work on such and such a date. And he replaced them all. Now, should that be done here in this Chicago situation? Now, the, the mayor would say, hey, we don't have enough teachers to begin with. We don't have enough substitute teachers to fill in all the, all the positions. Well, take some of that COVID money and prepare yourself for situations like this. You should prepare yourselves. And obviously, if you're not paying the teachers because they're not working, you can use some of that money to, to help pay new teachers. But you got to build a bench. Just like in the sports, Gary, you know, when baseball went on strike, what did they do? They called up the minor league umpires. When football went on strike, they, they had they had people brought in to, to, to do the games. Unfortunately, that, this is what people have to start to think about, is developing a bench or developing a backup system so no one can hold you hostage like this. The people who are suffering are black and brown kids. You don't want to have school choice so they can go where they want to go and take their money with them for, for their education. You don't want that, unions, and yet you don't want to go to work. You can't have it both ways. It's absolutely wrong. It's terrible. And many, many of the people who are middle class or above, they don't even have their kids in the public school system. And that may include some of you teachers in Chicago. You know, I've, I've, I know of a case of a person who's a member of Congress, member of Congress, who was a teacher and taught in the public school system, but didn't send their child to a public school. That was that was her prerogative. Not, nothing wrong with that. I'm not saying that's bad. That's not that's a prerogative. But the hypocrisy is just so bad. You won't let private schools are probably fine for you, but you won't let you won't let other people go go to private schools. So that's, it's a sad situation when the union exercises so much power over, over our society, Gary, in the case of the teachers union, and we act as though we have no recourse. Well, we do. We could say on such and such a day, if you don't show up, you have fired yourselves. And don't take them back. <laughs> that's it. When you're, fi you're fired, you're gone. And if they knew that was a serious threat, or a serious possibility, their behinds would be in school tomorrow morning. All of their behinds would be in school tomorrow morning. But they know this, this, the mayor of Chicago, because the Democrats are in bed with the union, so thick. It's so thick. It is so thick. <laughs> they know that you need them, Democrats, to get elected to anything. Dog catcher, you need them. You need the unions. And so they figure they got you. And once again, who suffers? 
black and brown kids from not only from an educational perspective, but also from a mental health perspective as well. Keep in mind, many people in Chicago don't want to go to school anyhow. The truancy rate, the absentee, the absentee rate of students is very high. <laughs> they don't want to go to school. So now you're telling the students, guess what? You don't have to go to school. Yeah, okay. They don't, a lot of them don't want to go anyhow. So, you know, it's, it's just absolutely, absolutely terrible. And I've, I've talked to my, some of my nephews, Gary, that whole, you know, school by online school thing for, for kids in, in grade school is really, really, it's, it's, it's sad. It is really sad. You know, it's, it's, we did it when we had to do it, but there's no absolute, there's no need to do it now. And please, please, someone step in and tell these union folks, you do not have all this power that you can shut down the, one of the largest school systems in America. I mean, if I'm sure other countries are looking at this and saying, how in the world can, can the United States and the democracy, which where majority rules, a group of people can sit in their little offices and say, we're not going to do this. Because you know what happened. The board, the board, the main people of the, of the teachers union recommended it and, and the, the teachers voted. That was it. So they, they accepted the recommendation of, the, of a handful of people who are controlling the destiny of, of tens of hundreds of thousands of youngsters in the city of Chicago. Absolutely sad. And the president of the United States can't do anything about it. It's unbelievable. And Ronald Reagan did. And people could say, people were saying, oh, he's not going to jeopardize the, the, the safety of, of Americans and Americans being able to fly. Well, guess what? He did. It worked. And they got. And lastly, Gary, you know, one thing that did happen, and, and it's it's very fresh in my in my mind, is the um, recent decisions by the courts. And and I I do have to to applaud um, the courts of late because uh, they've they've really been right on with their decisions. And um, and one you could say, well, it was against a black person. And one was oh, it was for a black person. Well, I don't, that's not the point. I think justice prevailed in both instances. In the case of the Aubrey uh, shooting, where three individuals were were given life, two with no chance of parole and one with a chance of parole, the one who got a chance for parole after 30 years, he was the one who did the filming. And so the judge felt a little more lenient toward, toward that individual, but still he has to serve 30 years in jail, and I think he's in his... I don't know how old he is, probably in his 40s or 50s. So uh, when he's eligible, he will be quite old. And the others have life without any prospects of parole. Um, keep in mind, if without the cameras, but this guy, <laughs> it's very weird that the person who gets convicted was convicted because of the fact that he taped what was going on. <sighs> so sometimes you scratch your head about some of these things. But God is good because otherwise we didn't have a video of it. Who would believe that this would have happened? And number of people have perished in this way. As I've talked about before, I had a cousin not too long ago, within the last 10 years, who was found hanging from a tree. No one's had video cameras. No one saw anything. There's, they said it was suicide. And we know how, you know, yeah, right. So that they got that right, and it's a, it's a blessing they did. The other one was a rather unusual usual one, Gary. It's uh, from Jesse Swamlett uh, from uh, a TV show. I'm not going to mention the TV show's name. Not worth it. And 
with his situation, it was it was kind of convoluted. He was trying to say that he went to get a sandwich about you know wee hours of the morning in Chicago. Oh, Chicago again in Chicago, and two black guys or two guys came up and 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 beat him and and humiliated him and um, said homophobic uh, things to him, et cetera, et cetera, and also mentioned Donald Trump as being that they're Trumpites or, and well, the liberals, they went to town on this. They were before, before daylight broke, you had the liberals out there screaming and yelling about how the Trump people, the homophobic, this is a classic example of how these Trump people, oh my God, they went on and on. Yes, Joe Biden. Yes, Kamala Harris. Yes, all the leaders, Democrat leaders were up there saying, and it was all a fraud. It was a performance. It was not an Emmy winning performance, not an Oscar winning performance, but it all was staged. It was all made up. He paid for the actors to participate. Hmm. Oh, did that make you scratch your head here? All the Democrats say they love this, these acts and these performances of things being done so wrong. They love all that. When would their peace pronounced guilty? Crickets. Didn't hear much from those folks. Because the performance, the fraud, the act had been revealed. And quickly, a unanimous decision of the courts came, came down. And the judge should throw the book at Jesse Schwamlet as an example, because he invoked po politics in his fraud. He invoked politics in his charade. He invoked politics in his act. And the Democrats loved it. They loved the performance. They loved the acting. They loved the fraud. They loved the portrayal of something that was not true. They followed it. They relished in it. They talked about it all the time. And now we know the truth. So I applaud the courts because both decisions were very important. If those three individuals had gotten away with killing a person just jogging down the streets of Georgia, that would have been a major, a major problem for our country. And as I said before, if the message of Justice Swamlet is not heard and seen by all Americans as for what it's worth, as a symbol, as an example of how liberal Democrats relished in the fact that they were able to so-called score political points on something had it did had it occurred, would have been a horrific it had it occurred. But they're jumping to, to judgment so quickly and being so wrong and now I'm not saying a word, not apologizing, not saying that we got it wrong. No, it was just another act, another performance. Jesse Swamlet and I guess we caught you on, on one of them. 
one of your acts. So we're out of time for today. Don't forget to subscribe.